All right, Matthew chapter number 5. I'm going to read one verse, and uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it under an hour, if that's okay with everybody in here tonight. So I, f- I feel good tonight, but I want, I want to help you. But you pray for us. I can't do anything without the touch of God, and I certainly know that. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 13. I believe it's a familiar passage. I think so. If not, I hope it, it is when we finish preaching. But the Bible says this. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for being in this place tonight. Thank you for the choir, Lord, and enjoyed the songs. And God, we just pray tonight you just give us some unction to preach. Help us, Lord, to effectively communicate the word of God. We need you tonight. We love you. We're thankful for all you do for us. I pray you'll just touch us tonight, use us, strengthen us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Judy. Wonderful. Bless you, Judy. Thank God. He is the counselor. That's what they call him. So, yeah, he is the counselor. But thankful for the word of God, that's for sure. And Matthew chapter number 5, verse 13, I I think about how Jesus, an infinite God, isn't this amazing? He, when Jesus taught things, he taught things with such simplicity for the purpose that us, not, us finite creatures could understand. He used common things that people would see. I know a lot of you all have been over there and have seen certain areas where he had gave, and, and when you would sit there and see it, it totally made sense even more how, how what he was using, the things that he was saying. And I thought about salt. I mean, uh, I, I mean, in 2023, let's be honest, it's not something that's, uh, I say highly valuable. I mean, it's everywhere. You can get it everywhere. It's, I mean, it's in little packets. It can buy it in bulk. You could probably you can get salt lamps and salt rocks, and I mean, you can get all kinds of things salt. And uh, as, and I was thinking about that. Honestly, I don't use much salt. Uh, the only thing I really put salt in is is a big old bowl of brown beans. And I mean, I feel like it's got to have a chunk in it. But I don't put a lot of salt. My, Courtney uses a lot of salt. But I, I thought about. Uh, salt is, uh, is it's, it's an amazing thing how common this is, but Jesus used something and he used it to the purpose that, that he could liken it to help us and apply something to our lives. And, and as he's reading this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter number 5, as he's saying this, may I say it was always God's intention for Israel to be salt and to be light, the two things that he talks about right here, and not to hide your light and to be salty. And, and may I say, we as believers are to be salty. We can find application in this and and he likens his followers those who believers he says ye are the salt of the earth and and I want to think about this for a second we got a responsibility in this world now I mean I, I if we're all honest how many of us ready to go home I, no I'm pretty I say even so come Lord Jesus I mean get excited about it but while we're here God has us here for a purpose and we got a responsibility in this place and, and, and the, the salt is the role that the believer is supposed to have. And, and back in these days, it was a lot more important and a lot more uh, used in, in manners than in it is now. I mean, it's not just something you throw on popcorn or McDonald's French fries or some bowl of beans. I mean, it's, it was used for all kinds of things and had all kinds of purposes that, well, you know what, we can worship for a second and say, thank God for refrigerators. 
Amen right there. Y'all, we can praise God for that. I mean, I'm glad for some conveniences that we got. But, uh, but, 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 but look at this for a second. I want to look at this and just liken this here for a minute to how it can help us. And as, as we come to this passage, we got to know a few things about salt. This ain't everything about salt. But, uh, and, and the word salt, you know what, in these day and age, it's also a term that's used negatively. Someone will be like, well, you're salty. That person's salty. Now, when we say that, now listen, that's normally not a good thing, Okay. Normally when someone says someone's salty, but can I say we are as believers supposed to be salty in the right way. And this is talking about our testimony and our influence on the places around us. And, and, and thinking about salt, you know what salt's main thing that salt was used for and its value was is that salt prevents decay. Now, it doesn't uh, make something better that's already is, but it'll stop something that's going bad from getting worse. It, it was used to hold decay and rotting at bay, and, and, and it keeps that which from bad from getting worse. And I think about the importance of that was meat. Oftentimes they had meat, they salted meat. They didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have freezers, they didn't have these things, but what they had was they had salt. And they would use this salt, and I don't know all the process. It's probably some uh, YouTube video I'll look up at some point. I like history and learning things like that, and I'll, I, maybe I'll look up how they did that. But, but, but they would use this salt, and the salt would preserve the decay of the meat. I mean, uh, we ought to be glad we can just go to the freezer and grab some hamburger, or grab some chicken, or whatever we can get out of there. But they used this salt to preserve it and I thought about in our lives can I say something to you our influence we ought to have a testimony what people see in us and the way that we live it ought to have an influence in the people around us now listen to me we're not going to stop people from sinning there are certain things we can do, but we can have an influence on a room, an influence on a community, an influence on a family, and, and may I say we ought to. And I thought about how there's times in the Scripture where there's in, uh, instances where we can see the presence of a believer made the difference. Now, over in Acts chapter number 5, this was uh, early part of after Jesus had uh, been resurrected in the early church there, and we still see the apostles were there. And, 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 and Acts 5 and 15 says this, it says, in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on bed and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now, I want to make something real clear for a second. We don't have apostles in 2023. If you see someone claim they're an apostle, turn it off, run away, throw the phone down, whatever you're listening to, because we don't have them anymore. We don't have apostolic gifts anymore. They were there, but they're no longer there. A lot of these things that went away, went away when we got this. The completed, canonized 66 books of the Bible. But, 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 and, I, and that's just extra, but I want you to realize, don't think that there's somebody that can go around like Peter did. I want you to think about this for a second. He had such an influence that, that the power of God was on him. He was an apostle of God. He was used of God mightily that people believed that if they could just get their sick people in his shadow as he walked down the street that they could be healed. And, and if you'll read the next verse, everybody that the apostles healed, tried to heal got healed. I mean, they, were, they, they did it. That's not a gift we have today. If I could heal somebody, I'd be, listen, I'd quit my job and I'd go to every hospital and I'd start touching people. But guess what? I can't heal nobody. And let me say something to you. Benny can't, Hen can't either. And all these ones on TV can't heal them either. You say, say having a, I don't care what they say on their shows. Listen, if they could really do that, they'd go out here and heal people. They're just out there for your money. But I want you to think about this for a second. 
The sick and decaying were laid in the street that the presence of Peter and his shadow might come on them, that they might be healed. And the power of God's presence, it would prevent further decay. They were trying to stop these things that were decaying their life, thinking about this. And, and his presence just made the difference. And may I say, we're going to get in situations where our pre presence in the, in the atmosphere of the room might change when we walk in, and it ought to. I mean, I've had, I've had people go in places that they use foul language, and when I got in there, they stopped out of respect or whatever it may be. And I've had people say things and then apologize to me, say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Now, they may say what they can say whatever they want, but I'm talking about we ought to live in such a way and have that, that it ought to influence the people around us. I mean, it ought to change family gatherings. It ought to change uh, workplaces. It, when we come into a place, it, and, it, and it should, and that's what God is saying here. Jesus is talking about this salt. Well, listen, salt prevents decay. We can get into places, and because of the way that we live, because of the God that we serve, it's not in our way that we live, but it's in his power and his touch that, listen, that you and I can make a difference and have an influence. Can I say something to you? I'm glad I'm not going to be here when the church is raptured. If it wasn't for the Bible-believing Christians in the United States of America, as bad as we are right now, if it wasn't for the believers, I don't even know that this place would exist. If it did, it may not be the United States of America. We're not appreciated. We're not loved. They don't, they don't want us really to be here, but can I say something to you? They need us here. They may not want it, but they need us here. And I'm telling you, uh, the influence makes a difference. And we, we prevent decay. You think about all the things that would happen if there was no uh, Bible-believing churches and Christians who sought the Lord and sought to live right. What, what kind of influence that would happen? How much more things would spread and decay in this world? And remember, salt prevents decay. But not only does it prevent decay, but it's a preserver. It, it's most commonly used uh, before the days of refrigeration. I'm glad I live in those days, but they used to preserve thing can I say a godly can preserve a nation from judgment think about this Genesis 18 God shows up to Abraham's house that's a that's a whole message right there God showed up to Abraham's house and he began to talk with Abraham again to tell him hey listen I'm gonna go down to Sodom and destroy that place and Abraham began to intercede. It's an amazing picture of us getting in the way of lost people, interceding on their behalf. Can I say they need us to be praying for them. We, they need us to seek God's face, that they would be saved. And, 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 and I want you to think about this for a second. Abraham begins to talk to God, and as he's talking to the Lord, he starts saying, well, Lord, if there's 50, and Lord, if there's 40, and all, it gets all the way down to 10. But no, in, in verse number 32, it says, Peradventure ten shall be found. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Had there been ten saved people, it would have prevented the destruction. Now that says a lot about Sodom, for however many people there is. But I want you to see in this verse that, that it was a preserver. Those, the righteousness in the city. There wasn't ten we found, we found four, that only four that came out that I know of, Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. And, and, and there wasn't ten, but had there been ten, it would have, God would have preserved the whole city. Think about that. Think about how in this land, in this day, 
how our presence, God's place, can I say something to you? God's placed us and placed you here on purpose. Can I say something? You're alive in 2023 on purpose. You're, you're, you're what you work, where you work. You were born where you were born. We ought to praise God. We were born in West Virginia. We can shout her out on that. Thank God for that. Can I say something to you? He's placed you where you are on purpose to be the salt. And, and we, we are a preserver. Just, just like the righteous would have preserved the city. Salt not only is a preserver, but it's a seasoner. And that's what we use it for. I mean, we put it on uh, French fries and popcorn and beans. And I, I'll probably say it again before this message over with. Y'all might use salt for other things, but those are the three things I throw salt on. But you, you know why you do that? You, you improve it because it's savory. It adds to the fruit. And can I say that the presence of the godly uh, in, in this world, it will be an encouragement and a help. Just think about this. Just as salt adds flavor to food, we are to exert our godly influence around other people around us. I'm going to give you a biblical example. This, this was a time when they were glad that the preacher was there. You say, when's that? Acts 27, verses 20 through 23. They're on their way to Rome. They're on a ship they never should have started sailing on to start with, but they went on anyways. And the Bible says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You know what that was? It was a hopeless situation. That's what, what they said. They, they'd given up. That we was even going to make it. But then, verses 23, in the midst of all them, I don't know that there was one other saved person on that boat. And I think there was 147. I ain't read that here recently, but it's 140-some people, I believe, give or take. But if, either way, in the midst of it here, Paul begins to speak and said, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given all of them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it, it shall be even as it was told me. They're ready to die. They weren't ready to die, but they were about to die, if you get what I'm saying. And in the middle of this dark time, in the middle of a time when everybody had given up, here comes this preacher. And he said, boys, it's time to cheer up. Everybody's going to be just fine. You know what he was banking on? The Word of God. You know what I'm talking about? We're in a, listen to me. Watch the news for two hours. One, it'll depress you. It'll bring you down. It'll discourage you, make you sick, make you mad, make you want to throw your remote or whatever else. But can I say something to you? That's the world we're living in. But they need to know that there's hope out there. And it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. He's called us to be salty. He's called us to, uh, uh, to uh, improve the flavor in a sense. We ought to insert our godly influence. In a time when everybody had given up, Paul said, listen, hey, there's a God in heaven that told me everything's going to be fine. May I say, listen, there is hope today. Hey, people's trying to find, they're trying to, if they can't find hope, they're just trying to find a way to relax the hope or get rid of the pain. May I say, there's an answer out there. His name is Jesus. And we ought to tell people about that. Salt is used to greatly uh, flavor the food, I think. 
salt is a valuable commodity. Now, it was valuable for its preservation, but for the Jews, it was even more valuable. You realize that they used salt in almost all their sacrifices. You say, well, why is that important? Well, because if you was going to go and, and give a sacrifice to the Lord, you're just going to need some salt. They, they use salt in a lot of the sacrifices. Think about this. And the Bible said this in Leviticus 2 and 13. This Leviticus, when you read through Leviticus, you say what that is. He said, that's the Old Testament preacher's handbook. You say, well, why is it important? I, let me say something to you. If you was a priest, that book was even more important to you. Now, it pictures a lot of things that we see in there. And you know what it all, it's a pointing to Jesus Christ. All of those things they went through, and you say, why do they do it? Well, they went through it because it pictures Christ. It was supposed to point them to Christ. All of the law was supposed to bring people to Jesus. You realize that's the Old Testament. The Old Testament is, is telling us this. Listen, you're lost, and you can't save yourself. That's what Paul's telling in the gospel. And the law is supposed to bring you to the place to realize I can't be saved. I need someone to save me. And God was saved. That's what he was doing. That's a schoolmaster. It was to bring them to the place to say, I need someone to save me, and there's Jesus. That's what it was supposed to do. And he came. And, and we find that salt, the Bible said in Leviticus 2.13, and if every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt, neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from the meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. I know you can probably get it for a dollar at the Dollar Tree with the pepper in it, you know, the little two things that, that come that way. But we take that for granted, but back there to them, it had value in, on the equivalent to gold. I've, I've read that, that there was even barbarous tribes of people that valued a pound of salt more than they valued human life. Now, we don't think about it that way in this day. And, and, and in Bible days, there was times where they often trade ounce for ounce gold and salt. And we think that's crazy today. I mean, can you imagine if you, had, if you just had one gold coin... How much salt you could buy with one. I mean, you'd have enough salt you wouldn't need anymore. It's unbelievable. But back then, there was a value there that was just undeniable. And can I, can I say something to you? You're valuable in your workplace. Hold on, don't miss this. Listen, kids, you're valuable in your classrooms. Hold on a second. You're valuable in your homes. You're valuable in your churches. Your testimony, your influence... Your faith that you're living out is valuable to those around you. It's, it's important that God is, listen, we are not to be, we are separated. Biblical separations all throughout there. But let me say, we're not isolated. That's a big difference. They need us. They need us. They, they won't admit that. But they need our presence. They need, listen to me, they need us to be close to the Lord. They need us to have the power of God on our lives. They, they, you know, let me say, I, I, I've learned this some years. When people have prayer requests in the office, I've had people come up to me that I, that, that I would not, nor, that normally would not talk to me. And you know what they'd come up and ask me to do? I need you to, have, I need you to pray for something for me. Which I'm glad. I don't have a sign up that says, come here and pray, I'll pray for you. But I'm glad that there's enough knowledge around to know. Hey, will you put this on your prayer list? Hey, will, will, will you pray for me? Will you do this? And I, I find it, I think, hey, praise God. And listen, when they come, I want to be in the place that I can pray for them. 
I want to be in that place that I can seek the faith of God and, and, and be close to the Lord and, and bring that to Him. But I want you to realize this, you're valuable. Your influence, the way that you live, the testimony that you have, it's important. Listen, our world needs the believers in here. That's why God's put us out here. He's put us in this world. We're not of this world, but we're in this world. And while we're here, we ought to dispense the gospel. We ought to testify of Jesus Christ. We ought to trust in His power. We're living by faith, and they need to see that and have that around them. If they, they want to get the Bible out, they want to get prayer, then we see what happens when they do that. America's went down. I wasn't even alive then. I don't even know my dad was alive then. I don't know. But when they took it out, look at the downfall. We're definitely not better. People that never went to church at least would hear the word of God. They'd hear prayer through the name of Jesus. And I'll never, I'll never forget this as long as I live. When I first came here, and Tom Price talked about how there were kids that came to this church in the middle of Dunbar that never heard of Jesus. Now that just blew my mind. I've been in church all my life, so I, I've not, not known anything different. But how real that, I mean, I'm not, we're not talking about in the eons of a third world country. We're talking about right here in our neighborhood. There's kids that never heard of Jesus. We ought to see the value right here. He's put us here for a purpose. He's given us this building for a purpose. He's brought us here for a reason. They need us. This community needs us. The co-workers around you need you. I'm talking about he's placed us here on purpose. There's a value in salt. Not only that, but salt creates thirst. May I say, none of us are going to be perfect. But we ought to live in a way, and I want to think about this, uh, our testimony and testimony of what Jesus has done for us, it will make a difference in other people's lives. We can find this right here. Uh, salt, salty foods create a thirst for water. I'm telling you what, my, if, I, if I were to pick a bag of chips tonight, it's going to be salt and vinegar, all right? That's what I like. But I'm going to tell you what, about three chips in, you better have something to drink. And if you have a cut on your mouth or on your finger, you're going to know. It's going to identify quickly. But I mean, the moment I start eating them things, I mean, your mouth's just like, I got to have something to drink right now. And I think about how in this world, how the testimonies of what Christ has done for us and a witness to what Christ has done, it can create thirst in the people around us. And I'm going to give you a biblical example of someone that wasn't a preacher, someone that didn't have a theological... Uh, it really, if you read the chapter, there was a lot of things she had wrong until she met him. But in John chapter number 4, Jesus went through. He said he must needs go through Samaria. He went through that place on purpose. He went a route that wasn't normally taken for a lot of reasons. But he went there because he knew at a certain time of the day when it was hot and nobody would be there, he would find her. And the Bible says this, that she went after he had talked with her and she went back to the city in verse 29 through 30 says, Come see a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And think about this for a second. Verse 39. And many believed of the Samaritans of that city, believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. This is, this is somebody that wasn't to Bible college. 
Stay with me for a second. Newly saved. <laughs> Had a lot of theological errors in her past. Read the previous verses up to there. Jesus said, you don't even know what you worship. It's in there. She had all kinds of these things till she met him. She was an outcast. And by Jesus told her everything he ever did, the way she was living. You don't go in the hottest part of the day and do a chore like getting water on purpose unless you want to be alone and not be there. She was there at that time on purpose. Maybe she was ashamed of how she was living. Maybe she didn't like all the other things that people were saying about whatever it may be. But here's what I know. Whatever they thought about her, whatever they said about her, after she, went, after she met him, she went back to that place. And she said, come meet a man that told me all that I ever did. And it said many of the Samaritans, the same lady that was avoiding people just a few verses prior went back in and led people to Jesus Christ to be saved, all with her testimony. Can I say something to you here tonight? Your testimony of salvation, your testimony of what God's done in your life, listen to me, is important. Don't let the devil... The devil will say, well, yours ain't like ours. You know the story where the roof comes off the place and all these kind of things. He'll make you think that it's insignificant. Hold on a second. Every, every time somebody gets saved, let me say something to you. It's always significant. It's an eternal work. It's the greatest work it's ever done in a, in a person's life is when they get saved. And can I say something to you? Your testimony is important. Not only of salvation, but think about the things in your life. Think about how many times in your life you've got in a situation where you could witness to someone and say, hey, I've been in a similar situation, and let me tell you, I found out that Jesus is faithful, that God will help you. I'm talking about to the lost world to testify to someone to say, hey, I've been there too, but I found him and he's made a difference. That's what she did. Running back into the city. Left that water pot. She, wasn't, hey, she got a water inside of her. She wasn't thirsty for that anymore. She ran back in the city and said, hey, come and see him. Can you imagine what that would have been like? And they went to him and believed. You know what? The, I, I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, the devil will tell you, well, you can't do that. You ain't a preacher and you ain't this and you ain't that. Let me hold on a second. She was none of those things. She was just newly saved. But she knew the one who saved her. And she just went to tell someone else about it. Some, to, they all knew where the water, the water hole was. She met the one who could put living water down inside of her. I'm talking about feeling that thirst and internal thing. Notice, though, how she used her testimony and how it made a difference. I want you to think about this for a second. Listen, when you're at work, when you're at school, you kids that are there, when, it, when we're around our family, I'm talking about it, I, not every moment is someone going to get saved, but sometimes we're watering, sometimes we're planting. But how may I say, listen, if God tells you to say something, God tells you to witness, you just witness. You don't know how he'll use that, but he will use that, and it's important. Right here's a lady that proved that. And that's what this, this whole chapter is about, being salty. And having a testimony and an influence. And that's what she did. But notice what Jesus said. Now, I'll just be real honest with you. I'm, I'm just saying exactly what he said here. And I would not say this. I ain't bold enough. But I didn't say it. He did. 
Because I feel like this might get me punched in the face one somewhere. I'll just be real honest with you. Because notice what he said. He said you're the salt of the earth. We see the things that salt can do. But then he says, but if salt has lost its savor, that's its effectiveness. If salt doesn't have its uh, saltiness anymore, I don't know what you describe the taste of it, whatever it may be. He said, wherewith shall it be salty? He said, what's the point in having salt? If it don't add to what you're putting on, you're not going to put it in there. I mean, too much salt from a physical standpoint. It's a lot of MSGs, I guess, whatever that hell stuff is. But think about this. Here's what he said. If it's lost its savor, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. We got an important role and responsibility in this world. But we can see here that Jesus is telling us the impact that we're supposed to have here, and it's in the earth. You and I are supposed to reach this world with the gospel message. We're supposed to be salt. No matter where we are, we're to be responsible. When I'm at home by myself, I'm to be salty. When I'm at the office place, I'm to be salty. When I'm in the line seven deep at Kroger, and I'm wondering only there's only one, why is there only one person checking somebody out? I'm to be salty, and not the wrong kind of salty, right? What, when all, all these places, because they need that influence in the home, in the workplace, on vacation. We take a vacation, there's nothing wrong with vacation, but can I say something to you? When you go on vacation, you're still a Christian, and you better act like one. Say, well, ain't nobody around. Hold on a second, he knows where you're at. But Jesus tells us salt that's lost its savor, lost its effectiveness, lost its influence. He says, it's good for nothing. Now notice what he says. He says, it's good for nothing. That is, I heard a preacher preach on last time on good for nothing Christians. Y'all just praise God, that wasn't my message tonight. Thank God, I'm glad I wasn't preaching it either. But it's lost its purpose. If a salt's no longer savory, it's lost the main thing. That's why he said it would just be thrown out. Just throw it out in the street and people walk on it. They didn't have all these streets like we had now. They just throw it up and put it in a mud hole. And, and, and when salt's not doing what it's intended to do, and my question to you tonight is, do you know your purpose and are you fulfilling it? Salt without savor is, is not fulfilling your purpose. And, 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 and salt that without savor, it never comes in contact with the food. It, it, it doesn't get used the way that, that it would. Many believers like that have, have allowed things. And this is the amazing thing about salt is they say salt is a strong compound. It's not a, a, a mineral or whatever it may be that breaks down easily. They say what happens is for a salt to lose its savor, it has to be mixed with impurities. Now, I'm not a scientist. Y'all already know that, okay? But I can, I can read that for a second and say, salt doesn't break down, but if you mix salt with things that shouldn't be with salt, salt then begins to lose the effectiveness that it once had. And may I say something to you? Sin will cause us to lose our savor. Now, none of us are perfect, and we're going to sin, but sin will cause us to lose our savor. Those impurities in life, mixing with things that we ought not uh, be mixing with, you know what it can do? It can impact our testimony. 
It can impact our influence, impact our effectiveness to the people around us. Sin in the life of the believer will ultimately, it can stop you from using your purpose and fulfilling it. We're called to reach the world with the gospel. Starting right here in Dunbar, West Virginia. This is our Jerusalem. And going out. He said it was good to nothing. He said it would be cast out. And I thought about this. It's lost its usefulness. When it's no longer savory, Jesus said just throw it out in the street. That it will be walked on. Can I say something to you? When we conform to the culture, we lose our seasoning. Y'all, none of you, you, most of y'all didn't get back with me on that, but I'm right. If we become more like them, we're not going to win them. If we try to change, listen, listen to me. If we try to change who we are so that we can get people in here, we're going to lose our effectiveness in, in seeing people get saved because you ain't never going to make people happy. Listen, we, what we need to do is we need to just be like the Bible tells us to be and present what God's told us to present and pray and seek the Lord and ask Him to move and help go out and do all. Listen, we ought to knock on every door we can. We ought to hang door hangers, invitations. We ought everything that we can do, but we ought to trust God to move but not change our stance just to get a couple more people in here. We could probably... I know we could change the message and get more people in here. And I mean, honestly, if we just got on the Facebook at Roxalana, we could probably say, what changes could we make that you guys would want to attend here? That's a dangerous question. We're not doing that. But can I say something to you? You'd find something. Oh, I'd come if we did this, if we did that. Can I say something to you? We ain't useful to them if we get off the right path. We want to be useful. If you, if you read over in 2 Timothy, and, and think about this, when we, if you read over in 2 Timothy, he's talking about doctrinally, but not only doctrinally, but the way that you live, but he, he uses this, and I've, been, I've prayed this for years. It's a good prayer, and I want to live this way. In 2 Timothy 2.21, he writes and he said, If a man therefore purge himself for these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and notice this phrase, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, if you read that chapter, and I'm almost done, He's talking about these vessels. Now, our kids, when you have kids, I guess you just got to have 8,000 cups in the house, okay? And I mean, for every drink, you get a new cup. That's, that's apparently how it is. But sometimes when they put their cups up, they don't put them in the sink. They'll put them by the sink. So when I go over to get a cup off of the sink, because we keep a lot, I mean, by the time we wash a load of dishes and put them up, they're already reusing them. I mean, they're just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Y'all pray for us, okay? Pray we get more cups or help us to, to get this. But, but I'll go over and look at it. And let me say, I'll go over and get a cup. But before I put anything in that cup, I'm checking to make sure there ain't some leftover chocolate milk in it some sort of whatever that they drink or just look like that somebody has been drinking out of it for a while.
when the Lord looks down to use us. I don't want him to find a dirty vessel. Doctrinally, or even in just in my life. And that meat for the master's use, what that, what's that telling you is useful when the time comes. When the Lord goes to the cupboard and says, I got this or I want to do this. He's saying if we'll purge ourselves from these, and he's talking about doctrinal this whole book's about doctrinal issues, but he's talking about purging yourself from unsound doctrine, but also in things that you're living. But he says, if we'll do this, we'll be useful when the time comes, when the Lord goes to the cupboard. I want to be something that he, in a sense, is if he's going to grab a glass, I'd want to be one he'd want to use. I don't want him to have to come over and, and be looking for something and me be sitting right there on the counter with some leftover chocolate milk or leftover juice in it. You know what I'm talking about? We ought to be that way as Christians. We ought to be salty. They need us to be salty. And last, we see it lost its influence. The salt that was supposed to go on the food is now out in the mud hole on the street. He said, to be trodden under foot of men. Can I say something to you? When churches and believers should have a godly influence on our society... Many of them are being walked over by the world. You say, why is that? Because they've lost their testimony. Now, look, be encouraged right here. Let me say something to you. Ain't none of us perfect. And hold, let me tell you this. We're not a perfect church. You say, why is that? Because we're part of it. That's why. You ain't going to find a perfect church. Until we're all in one place and we're gathered with him in the air, there will be a perfect church then. But we're not now. Now, I'm not being down on us as a church. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation. There's people out there that they'll say, well, what? they'll have all kinds of things. They ain't going to find perfection, but let me say something to you. We ought to want to be the best we can faithfully. We ought to want to be salty, we're not going to be, per you're not going to be perfect, there's people that we're running to and times they've seen us that way we, all we can do is repent, ask them to forgive us and move forward, but here's what I want you to grasp is, we want to keep our influence it ain't in us, it's in us seeking him, seeking his face, I'm glad for a place that wants to hear the Bible preached it's wonderful, I love going other places and preaching the word of God but I love coming here, y'all People love the Bible here. We want to do the best that we can to preach the Word of God. And, and we want to exalt Him and lift Him up. And these are all the things that we should want to do and we should be actively trying to do. But can I say something to you? If we're not careful, there's all kinds of churches that's lost their influence. I'm not being down on anything else, but I want to say something to you. I believe with all my heart. If somebody come in here lost for three services, they, they'd most likely, 90 to 95% of the time, in all three services, have a clear presentation of the gospel. And I say praise God for that. I'm glad nobody complains. Why are you talking about that so much? It's wonderful that we're in a place. I mean, I, I believe that with all my heart. We don't know when that person will come in here. So we want to be faithful. There's a lot of places people can go. 
But we want to help them most importantly. We want to help someone eternally. We want to lead them to Jesus Christ. We want them to know, just like that woman, the same one we found, we want them to know him in pardon and forgiveness of sin. We want to be a church that's not lost its influence. And I believe with all my heart, we have a good influence around here. I believe that. We may not be able to measure that and see that. But when we're gone, I believe it'll be felt. I believe that. And we ought to want to, we, and this is not a building to us. This is just saying, individually and collectively, we ought to want to live with the power of God on our lives. We ought to want to have a testimony. We ought to want to be salty. That's what Jesus is saying here. Be salty. That's what we ought to be. Let's bow our heads this evening.